It does that weird pause thing now with the new update on this thing, and I can't tell if it's recording. It's Boo update. Welcome back, everybody, to the CNC Replay. I'm Noel. I'm Corey. And I, I don't, you usually keep talking. I, so I, I, I know. know a weird I know. Pause. I know. No, because because I, we, we now live in a world, Noel, where Al Avila is no longer the GM of the Detroit Tigers. Ben, give me... Give me the surround sound, Ben. <laughs> oh, there's not even fluff. There's not even fluff that I want to talk about. Like the the, the first five minute fluff that we that we have in discussions. Just get right into it. No, I, like, I could I could talk about a wedding that I was at with some fellow who had a little bit too much to to sip on adult beverages. He, okay, maybe this is the story. I'll tell this one story from this wedding that I was at. So okay. Um, Stood up in this wedding. Uh, I was like third from the back, um, or like out like of the, how many? Uh, seven, okay. six, something like that. I don't remember. Um, the last guy in the wedding party uh, had a lot to drink, and uh, the at, night before, no, at the, the day of the wedding. Yeah. Oh, um, good. And well, he wasn't talking, so like he did his he did his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but at like ten o'clock during the reception, no one could find him. Oh no! And we're like, where's where's he at? Like someone's like, oh, he took a nap in his car. Well, he didn't take a nap in his car. Um, he 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 found a nice <laughs> piece of grass, uh, and and just between a couple of trees, and just took a nap there, <laughs> just like down in the grass. <laughs> Was the wedding outside? Uh, it was like a. It was like a. It was in Shelbyville, uh, okay. and it was in, near Gun Lake. So it was like a like a reception building where like there was like an outdoor like patio place thingamajig, with like a fire okay. pit. So like very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he just decided to take a nap at ten o'clock <laughs> and got back up at eleven. <laughs> And then there was another, the wedding wedding, uh, started at like five. The reception was at six. So he was already that far gone at 11 in the morning. No, 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 no. This was at night. This was that. This is Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Who? But yeah, but yeah. And then there was another guy who probably had the equivalent of four bottles of wine. So. Oh my God. So, you guys did look like you were having a really good time in that video. I so. mean, hey, I was, I was fine. No, no debauchery. Only the natural tomfoolery that you usually get with me. But I mean, they Which, were playing. Honestly, is a lot for the average human. Yeah. Well, they were playing Mr. Brightside on the dance floor, and I had the. And you I had, had the, to scream sing. I had to. I had the scream usual. sing. Well, the, the person that you probably hear in the mic is is my buddy who is recording. I like to well, think no, I was saying a little bit better. I no, I couldn't. I don't. I honestly, I didn't listen to it because I knew what you were singing. One and two, I didn't need my ears assaulted like that. <laughs> it wasn't that so loud. I just watched it. It was. It, it was loud. loud. It, it was loud. It wasn't that loud. It was, wasn't. That I don't loud. know. Wasn't that loud. It's... Also, they gave you an actual mic. Was it on? Oh, it was, it was on. Prop? 
No, it was on. Okay, no, so I definitely heard you. Like, Al, was it was Alan recording? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I probably could have heard him a little bit, but there was no way that I could not hear you because the, I definitely heard the mic voice more. Whatever. But anyway, I was a feeling. lovely screaming voice. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's years of practice from my uh, from my metal, uh, my metal days. Mm-hmm. Um, but as always, this is the Detroit Sports Podcast, <laughs> where we talk about Detroit sports. Corey has no fluff. We're going to talk about nothing but sports jumps into a wedding story. Oh, I had to. I had to. It was such a good story. Or it was just so funny. Um, golly. But. Start us off right, kid. You've heard the news because we're a little bit late. Uh, and by a little, we're, a, we're like a week late. Alavila is gone. <laughs> You already said that. You I already know. Established that as a I fact. know. I but it's like I can't. Right. I literally I, once it happened, I got I got a I got a text from my roommate, and he simply just said congrats. <laughs> <laughs> and he sent me the Passan tweet, and then yeah. my phone started to just blow up. Just yeah. People texted, and it was like it was, it was like a, a sigh of relief mixed with like a bit of happiness mixed with like. This is really sad that this is what we've come to, that this is what we're excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, I was like at church. So it's like, I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, I'm literally playing bass for worship to you. It's like, Alvila got fired. <laughs> and then everyone's like, <laughs> cool. Thanks for sharing. Who? Oh, my goodness. Um, anyway, uh, when discussing the Tigers, I always get really long and really depressing and really sad. Mm-hmm. I promised Noel that I was going to stick to four things, four things for the Tigers for this week. And that's, that's what we're going to do. And, and he Noel... would still give us time to talk about the other three sports that are in this city. Correct. Correct. So point number one with, with this news and Alvila's firing, we're going to, we're going to talk about four things. First being the man himself, Alvila. Mm-hmm. Okay. The man, the I, myth, the legend. For good or ill. <laughs> and this, and this is probably going to be relatively short because what, what haven't I already said about this man? And about his about his total incompetence for this job. Because I, I mean, I there's not. I could talk about the Verlander deal again. I'm not going to do that because we already know. Could talk about. Uh, all of the other deals that didn't work out. I could talk about this year's trade deadline, which I also, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, uh, uh, That totally just made no sense because I wasn't explaining anything. And I just said, I'll get to that in a minute, (laughs) but you can talk about this deadline where you get prospects that aren't even in the top 30 for two players. Um, And I talked about the one guy that's like, okay, maybe it's salvageable. And another guy, it's like, okay, what the heck? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the first big move I, that Al made was the J.D. Martinez trade. It wasn't the Verlander. It was the J.D. Martinez trade. Traded him a couple weeks before the deadline, and we got Dowell Lugo, another shortstop prospect, and the shortstop named Jose King. To put this whole thing into perspective, Jose King was promoted to trip or to double A this year. It's 2020. 
Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. I okay. don't know, your audio cut out for a hot second, and I don't know okay. where it went. Do That's you want to just repeat that sentence? Yes, I will repeat. 2017, J.D. Martinez was traded. Dalla yes. Lugo, some other shortstop I don't even know, and Jose King, who's another shortstop. Jose King just made it to double A this year. <laughs> good. I... It, it, if that was the return that we're waiting for for these deals, that guy's not even close. I mean, he was 17, yeah. 16, whatever the heck he was. Not even close. And again, you can't name me another player who has been successful in an Alavila trade. The jury, I guess, is still out with Austin Meadows because he's probably, of all the bad luck that we've had this year, Austin Meadows probably has the most bad luck. Um, just given, I mean, what, he had like COVID twice and then like injured his Achilles twice. I, just horrible, yeah, horrible circumstances. Just the poor guy. Poor guy. Um, if I, if all those deals, everybody finally saying, why does this guy have a job? All of baseball people saying that like he's not a good GM. The the countless, countless, countless discussions recently that there's been about the Verlander deal. It all bubbled up. Finally, we can say that the Alavila tenure and era in Detroit was a failure. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looked like that he was going to rebuild his rebuild. If you fail, I mean, it, it, this is this is just the, this is just the business. If you fail on a rebuild after trading away the stars, stars like the Detroit Tigers hat, you don't get you don't deserve another shot. And he didn't, and he didn't get another shot. So it was very clear that if the Tigers had Al Vila as general manager, there would be no hope for a future no hope for progress and we would just sit in this mediocre to bad state for as long as he was there. Mm-hmm. So the deal had to be made and the deal was done. Alvila is no longer the general manager. His, his tenure was a failure. Um, but I will say Johnny Kane had a tweet from Al or like a, with a quote from Al saying like, like we couldn't get it done. Um, Detroit fans deserve a winner. Like, like, I'm sorry, like, God bless you. Like, something along those lines. So it's like, mm-hmm. the guy was so bad at his job, but I think everybody towards the end was saying, like, this guy must be, like, the nicest dude in the world because, like, right. why on earth does a guy who is that bad at his job have a job? Mm-hmm. Um, so. And that seemed to be like the general consensus when the players were asked, like, yeah. how are you feeling about the Al situation, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like a lot of them were like, you know, we really like Al and we're sorry I had to come to this and we wish him the best. Like nobody had a bad word to say about him. Cabrera didn't even comment. They asked him, he yeah. declined to comment. So I thought that was Which, pretty interesting. Yeah. Who knows what that means? I Yeah. It could mean a it bunch could mean of literally things. anything it could um but that's al good guy horrible gm we're moving on okay case closed we don't we don't have to mention anything else about al avila al you could be a good guy but you're just if a regular person is bad at their job 
you lose it. And that, unfortunately, that's what happened. Wish you the best. Enjoy retirement. See ya. We're done. No more out. Part two. Part two. Chris Illich. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Did you, did you watch that press conference? No, I couldn't. I saw clips and I saw quote tweets and I was like, I can't subject myself to that nonsense. Okay. Well, that's that's basically what I'm going to highlight. Most of those things that were, excuse me, highlighted. Um, Chris Illich might, I, I don't I don't know what to think of Chris Illich quite yet. But now my anger that was on Al is now beginning to shift to Chris. So first and foremost, the guy just totally backed a garbage truck up on Al. Oh, completely ran over him with it. Just back and forth over the guy. Which, like, in the name of, like, Chris Illich is not his dad. Like, like Mike Illich. Made that very clear. Oh, he's made that very clear. Mike Illich was, like, invest. And I saw a tweet, too, that, like, good owners are usually fans of their team. Mm, I I saw this tweet, too. Mike Illich wanted nothing more than to see the Tigers and the Red Wings succeed and everything that they did. So Mike Illich was more of a fan than a businessman. Chris is a businessman more than, I don't even know if he likes the teams, but they make him money. So he's a businessman. So he's, he is a smart businessman. So as a smart businessman, wouldn't you have a sense of professionalism? Because to me, the quote, the quote of like the, I don't even know who the reporter asked, but it's like when you traded, like when you traded away, like Verlander, JD to shed payroll, like what was that all about? What was your reaction to that? And he said, I didn't trade those players away. The general manager did. Thank you, Chris. We knew that. The follow-up question is, <laughs> the follow-up question is, well, sh- didn't you want to shed payroll? Like, weren't you the weren't you the catalyst to like prompt these trades? Mm-hmm. Because if the goal was to shed pay, that doesn't just come from the GM. That comes from the owner, and you are the owner. Yes. So do, don't do not wipe your hands with that. And I'm I'm so thankful that all of like the beat writers and then like the news anchors, Brad Golly, I think I talked about this too. Said, mm-hmm. does do, does he think we're stupid? clearly like that we need to embarrass this guy because you're not going to because it's very clear people are not going to stop going to these games or enough enough to make it so like that there's a change like people would literally have to stop buying tickets and we would have to see like less than 2,000 people true boycotting there would have to be actual real boycotting yeah yes for there to be any sort of like, okay, we gotta, we gotta do, we, yep. we have to change something. So yep. if you make this guy look like an absolute fool, I, I mean, that's, that's your next best option. I would think to invoke some change. Yeah, And I don't want to say, well, we have to be professional. We can't. Okay. Well, this, <laughs> there's a line. Cause you're not going to be like, you're not going to like, you're not going to do something crazy like threaten his family or whatever, and you don't want to fight fire with fire. But the man just embarrassed a, a general manager who clearly was in over his head for his tenure here. Mm-hmm. And so we're now we're gonna we're gonna be 
like respectful to like his his like decisions and his his way of doing that no that's out the window if you're gonna do that then like that's tough all the things that i all the horrible things i said about alvila like i i said those things so like you did i did say those things very much did say those things and now looking back on it i there's an egg (laughs) on my face and like i feel horrible about it because like like and i think just going through that whole like saga i was realizing that like the guy is not like legitimately trying to be bad it that's just the result Uh and i've been in that situation before like i wasn't legitimately trying to be bad at baseball or the sport that i was playing at the time but that was the result i just was (laughs) not good yeah so like in that essence you have to like change your emotion but this guy he didn't care he's just he's trying to shift the blame away from him and i think the difference between you and chris illich is you are some guy on a podcast from the general public chris illich is a billionaire millionaire i don't know he's he owns a lot of money he's got a billionaire okay Anyways, he has a lot of money. He is the head of a company that his family has had for generations. Mm-hmm. He worked with Alavila for as long as Chris was the owner of this place. They were, right. they were, they were in constant communication. I'm sure they had to be. I'm sure they had weekly meetings. I'm sure that was just part of it. Right. They had a professionalism. And a relationship of sorts. You don't know Alavila. Alavila probably doesn't know you exist. He very much knows that Chris exists. That's yeah. That's... They were probably buddies, or maybe not buddies, but at least had a professionalism and a professional relationship that tethered them together in some way. I wonder if that's gone. It should be. I mean, that's pretty. The man was already dragged by the fans, and now of like someone who was in his corner mm-hmm. is now for a while for a while is now dragging him. Yeah. So there. Time to so, sever ties. Time to sever ties. So one, I don't think he's a good guy. I just don't. I mean, that's pretty clear with that handling. Number Chris, two, not Al. <laughs> Chris. Chris. Al's a good guy. Um, two, I don't necessarily even know what what he's doing. I don't think. Because they asked him about the Alavila extension, which was in 2019. And he said it happened in 2021. And he said it happened in 2021. And he couldn't remember it. And he's like blaming other people. Like, oh, this is this somebody over here said 20. So I was just wrong with 2021. He like legitimately asked the question, when was that extension signed? Went over to his, whoever was in the back at the press conference and asked that question. You're the guy who gave him the contract. Yeah. I mm. and, and like I understand I understand the fact that he's got a lot of hats that he wears now like he's doing a lot of things I get it he's a busy person but also you knew this press conference was coming study just like a bit maybe well this isn't maybe. like this isn't like a, an employee like a, a lower level like manager in one of your conglomerate of companies this is a general manager of like one of the two sports teams that you own Yes. Are you going to tell me that you don't know when you sign Steve Eiserman to a contract extension? Is, are you going to try to tell me that, Chris? Because if he, he doesn't, if he doesn't, then I mean, you can't like make him sell the team unless like there was some crazy stuff that happened. But that's we're not going into hypotheticals. Um, 
like what the heck like that should be embarrassing alone so like what are what are you doing in that instance and the the game plan here i think and i would think that the writing that has to be on the wall um i think the writing that has to be on the wall um would be you've tried to trade Mm -hmm. to rebuild this franchise Mm -hmm. didn't work Mm -hmm. you tried to go through the draft you had al take another draft and draft strictly college players which on one side i like because then you can move the same amount of age players through the system at the same time build chemistry like i like that strategy that's a strategy that's been talked about but we all know the real reason why that that happened is because this man's trying to save his job and trying to get guys up here quick. Right. Okay. Um, but your previous drafts have been terrible. You have like two players to show from those drafts. So it didn't work through the draft. It didn't work through trades. What's the only other option? Oh, free agency. Free agency. I literally, my brain just like totally short-circuited. I was like, wait, those are the only two. And and then we got there. Free agency is the free only... Free agency is the, literally the only option left. Is the last option that you can do. Yeah. So I, as, as your smart businessman that Chris Illich is, smart businessman, horrible guy, Chris Illich, mm-hmm. you literally have... You made the Detroit Tigers fans spend a decade from being one of the most, I would say, dominant American League franchises from 2011 to 20, let's say 14, 15, okay? 15, Mm -hmm. they missed the playoffs, but then they were still kind of hanging around. They still had some of the stars. You, you were a dominant franchise for that period of time. And then to make them wait longer than your reign lasted. Um, I, like your last chance is to try to rebuild this thing quickly. Because we're like if you're going to do draft trade again, we're going to be waiting another at least five years. And then we're going to see a guy like Scuba, which, for, frankly, he might not even be healthy right now. He might have to get Tommy John because he's seeing a specialist right now. But we'll see another guy who's like 25, 26, like, oh, we have to trade him away because he's not going to be ready by the time our window is there. When a player who is just butting into a star is on your team and you have to trade him away because, that I mean, that doesn't make any sense. If you want to salvage the mistakes that you made, spend some money. And people will say, oh, he spent some money this year, spent money on Eduardo Rodriguez and Javier Baez. Yeah, he did. Okay. But you know why those guys are here is because, A, we were the team that offered them the most money, and, B, they were everybody else's third or fourth option at that position. Mm -hmm. So he spent money. Air quotes. Air quotes. It was under the guy, like he spent money, but he, he really saved it in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, remind me who the other shortstop on the market was at that time. Oh, uh, Corey Seager, who was like playing out of his mind in the second half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, 
why didn't we offer him money? Because we we had the space. Do we know? Yeah. Do we know why? Oh, because Cabrera's contracts know. Cabrera's contracts taking up too much space. Yeah, Cabrera's done next year. He might even be done now. Yeah. No excuses. Spend the money. And we'll get to that at at part four. Part three. Keep going. The current state of the Tigers. Bad. Garbage. Bad. <laughs> I, Real bad. I, they snapped an eight-game losing streak yesterday in the day-night doubleheader. Or I think it was the it was the natural doubleheader, which is kind of interesting. You don't see that very much. Um, the offense is literally the worst I've ever seen. It's worse than the 2003 Detroit Tigers, who almost broke, like, the record. Every losing record possible. It, how you can be worse than that. And kudos to the pitching, because, like, we're not going to break it. I mean, we could break records, but we're not going to break records because our pitching, which we're at our 15th or 16th starting pitcher right now, um, has been overperforming above and beyond. So give Chris Fetter a, mm. a Nobel Peace Prize because, I mean, the work has just been absolutely unreal. Um, but this, this offense, and I was saying it to you guys in the big chat, like we're not hitting home runs. We have 68 right now. We're not going to finish with triple digits home runs as a team. <laughs> Who I saw a stat the other day that somebody has – as many, or if not like two or three less than the Tigers, mm-hmm. as a collective, as one player, and I can't remember who that was. Probably Aaron Judge. Yeah. Yep. I think it was Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. So we're not Judge. hitting. Oh my gosh. Anyways, continue. So we're not hitting home runs. We're not even hitting doubles. Like we are hitting single. And I, you know how much I love the singles, like the the Harold Castros of the world. There is a role and a place for for a guy like that on every single team. Mm-hmm. You just can't have a team of those guys. No, because then you're just moving one base at a time, and that takes four times longer than hitting home runs. It's painful. I've, I've gotten to the point where I like it's not enjoy. Like, I, I don't think I've ever said this before. It's not enjoyable to watch Tigers baseball right now. No. Like I'd rather I don't scroll. Think I've watched, I don't think I've watched a full game this season. If I'm going to be completely honest, sure, with that's you. that's fine because I've been the sucker that's been doing it. But like, <laughs> I, I would rather scroll aimlessly on Twitter than watch Tigers games. Like after the Tigers games, I'm done. I'm like, oh, thank goodness, now I can go watch like Shohei Otani and the Angels, or I can watch the Dodgers. Well, and it's, the Padres. The Angels are still still sad to watch. I mean, the Angels the are still happy part. Sure, but I mean, like. <laughs> Like I, I'm, I've never in my life, like I've always been like, Oh, I get to watch the Tigers tonight. It's like, now it's like, I've got to watch the Tigers tonight. <laughs> That's how I've never said that before. Noel. I've I never know. said that. I know. That's how piss poor this offense has been. And like, I say all the time, like, Oh, I could do that. Like, like I'm in a men's league right now. Like I know, I know I could catch up to a guy in on my third at bat and get a single, which is like just as good as anybody else that's been, that's been on this team. Like I know that for a fact that the offensive production that this team has been putting on in the second half of the season, I can do 
I know that. And that's horrible because I was a bad to mediocre baseball player in college. <sighs> At an NAIA school. <laughs> you're already you're already way down there. Don't kick yourself while you're down. Uh, it's, it's basically NCAA D2. If anyone wants to argue with me, they can. It's a different time. Different argument for a different time. Yeah. It, bad. It's bad. so bad. The only bad. saving grace right now you kind of get to see what Riley Green. Riley Green has mm-hmm. been holding his own. He yeah. hasn't been. He hasn't been a a barn burner by any stretch of the means. But it hasn't been like a Torkelson where he's just like looked lost at the plate. Riley Green will stri- mm-hmm. He strikes. He's striking out a lot. But like you'll you'll see him have a a big double, a mm-hmm. single. You'll see him do that. And so I'm going to keep the expectations low because Riley Green has been fairly productive and his glove has been outstanding. He has made. Mm-hmm. He has made at least four highlight reel catches, sprawling head head first dive catch in the outfield. He's been he's been great in center field. Mm-hmm. That's why you watch the Tigers right now. And they just called up this guy, Kerry Carpenter. I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. anything about him. You've seen the scrolling. Not I just saw the notification. Right. So he's the minor league leader in home runs for this year throughout all okay. the minor leagues. So right. impressive. Um, mm-hmm. Horrible start. I think he struck out like six times in his first like three games. Perfect. Uh, perfect. But then got his first home run the other day and hit a big two run home run tonight. So okay. inc- tries, but we got there. Incredibly, incredibly small sample size. He's 25, 24. So he's older in the beginning of the year. He wasn't even really like a prospect anymore because mm. he, he was at that age. He was a late round pick, blah, 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 blah. Um, cool let's see what he can do he's now you've seen him have trans translate a little a little bit that power from the minor leagues to the major leagues literally you ride him out for the rest of the year see what he can do Mm -hmm. he's kind of positionless he can play the outfield he can dh whatever there's nobody else that should take away at bats from this kid until it shows that like, okay, he's striking out every time. Then we have to do something else because literally there's, there's like two guys that I would say should take at bats from him. And that would be like Victor Reyes and Harold Castro, not even Harold Castro because his defense is so appalling. Um, but I, I love me some hidden Harold. So those two guys, you're gonna if you if you have to watch Tiger baseball, or if you're a sicko like me, those are two guys that to watch for for the remainder of the year. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then lastly, to to finish off this third part, um, I hate to say it, Cabrera looks done. I think, I think at this point, there's no no reason to to further that just let him end on the high ish point that he's had this year and walk into the sunset. I, the problem is that he's got a lot of money next year that I'm sure yep. he wants and he'll play through. Yep. Um, and when he was hitting singles, it's great. The second half of this year, he, I, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he can't hit, he can't hit a fastball above 95 he makes contact he can't run and he's and he's like in pain mm-hmm. uh, 
like I'd love to see him get like the send off that he absolutely deserves. But at some point too, like, yeah, like you can't, you like, we have a bunch of automatic outs right now, but those automatic outs have some speed can play defense. Mm -hmm. can't. Mm -hmm. And that's nothing to say about his accolades. He got everything that he, he got his, he's got his 500th home run, got his 3000th hit. He's going to be a surefire hall of famer. He's going to go into the hall as a tiger. Like awesome. It might be time. Yeah. And I think he, like, he'll still probably get his money at some point. I don't know how that works. I'll, I'll research that a little bit more. Um, you mean if he retires at the end of the season? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, that'll be for next pod. But mm -hmm. it, it's, I've, I've watched a couple of games with his at-bats. They're not even competitive. Yeah. It's really sad. So part three, roundup, State of the Tigers right now. Part four, where do we go from here? As it's stated in part two, your option right now to avoid another long rebuild is to go through free agency. I was looking a little bit at free agency right now of guys who are available next year. There is one guy that I want. One? Well, there's multiple guys. I would love a Jacob DeGrom, but Jacob DeGrom is going to make $50 million a year. Okay. But he's like also 33 say. years old and he's injury prone. So like, I don't, that would be sweet if I we could do that. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. That would be sweet if we could do that. And then you could like, I don't know, if you sign Jacob DeGrom, maybe after Verlander's contract is done, you could like, be like, hey, man, we've got DeGrom here, the best pitcher on the planet. We could use the second. Come come back. That's a pipe dream. Come back home, buddy. That's not That's not what I would. I yeah. want Trey Turner. Shortstop okay. for the Dodgers right now. I think he's 29 mm -hmm. years old. He is like a hit machine. Steals bases. Can hit the gaps. Do all of those things. He's going to cost a fortune. I do not care. <laughs> you go sign that. But, Corey, we already have Javier Baez playing shortstop. Bull crap. You move him to second base. You send Scope to the Oakland A's to eat his contract or something. I don't, I don't know what you do with him. You move Baez to second base. Who Baez has already done that. He did that in New York. He did that with Chicago when he was struggling. You have those two at the center. You you have some sort of protection for Javier Baez if because he's going to be here because if he declines his, his player option after the season he had this year and a similar season, if he ha if he continues that trend, he'd be crazy to not lock into a five-year deal because no one mm -hmm. would pay him that money. You go get Trey Turner, give him a blank check, and say you're going to play shortstop for the Detroit Tigers and then you speed, you revamp this rebuild. And then you go and get another starting pitcher. Because as we've seen clearly, and I said from the beginning, somebody in this five-man rotation is going to get hurt. Well, guess what, Noel? Everyone in that five-man rotation got hurt. And you know what else Pretty happened? Rapidly, actually. Yeah. You want to know what else happened after that? The next what? five guys that went in the rotation, they all got hurt too. Mm -hmm. and, then and, you who know, we, and then who did we bring back? And then, but do you, you want to know what happened after that? The next oh, five the guys next we put in the rotation, five. they all got hurt. So uh -huh. you sign as many starting pitchers as it takes, but you better sign an ace, a proven ace. 
Mm-hmm. And then you'll slide with when Eduardo Rodriguez when Eduardo when Eduardo Rodriguez figures out whatever he's going through right now. He gets back and ramped up. Okay, you'll have your ace, Eduardo. You'll have Turnbull coming back. However, that looks like you'll have Tyler Alexander at the five someplace, um, and then you'll have Matt Manning in the mix. That's a decent starting ro- that's a starting rotation I can get behind. You have a solid starting rotation, you continue or at least maintain some of the bullpen success that you have and you have an offense that is literally major league level. You could have you could have a team that could compete in the worst division in baseball. It's a low bar, but I think we can maybe get to it because if everything goes right. Because right now, every single team, with the exception of the Boston Red Sox, the top four teams in the AL East have a better record than every team in the American League Central right now. <laughs> Good. The Baltimore Orioles, I think, are like eight-ish. No, not eight. They're like six games above 500 right now. Which, by the way, the, we already talked about the Orioles have passed us in their rebuild, which is embarrassing. Can the Tigers be a team that's six games above 500? Probably not. But should they be a team that's 500 and competing within their own worst division in baseball? Yes. It is inexcusable by this point. You you go and sign massive contracts to a a starting pitcher and you get the best shortstop on the market this time around, you could have something. I don't know what that would be. And there is no possible way that the offense would get worse. If you do that, mm-hmm. who are your top? Okay. And I'm going to ask you to do this real quick because we're getting long. Yeah. Uh, top three GMs oh, for good. this team and give me one to two sentences. Why? Okay. I'm going to keep I, you tight. I have two names. Okay. One Theo Epstein. Why okay. broke the curse of the Bambino with the old four Red Sox and broke the Chicago Cubs. 108 year drought that should be that should be the only thing you need get that man here that's number one that's number one guy i want number Number two two. jeff left now okay uh cheat gate in houston you already got Mm -hmm. the manager of that world series team might as well get the gm too because he figured out he was a guy that was able to successfully build off of a horrible team astros had multiple hundred year loss hundred year loss like teams or 100-loss-year teams, mm-hmm. and then now they're a juggernaut. That was all the work of that GM first. Bring that guy. See what they can do. And then I believe Hinch, Hinch is going to be involved with uh, the hiring process. And last thing, mm-hmm. quote from the wise Ken Cercina, <laughs> why he thinks that this move happened the way that it did now with the firing of Alvila. He thinks that A.J. Hinch gave... Uh, Chris Hill should ultimatum. He's like, I'm gone after this year if you don't fire this guy and change something. Mm. Which wonder. he should. That's a World mm-hmm. Series champion manager, and that was the guy that you brought in to turn this team around, and you did not help him. Yep. You only had the yep. guise of helping him. So I'm done. Four parts, 40 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, shorter than I thought you were going to be. All right. Do we want to move on to our Pistons? Yes. We can move on to the Pistons. Okay. Um, really just real short. Short and sweet because there's not okay. much going on in the offseason. This was the trade deadline special. I forgot to mention with the Pistons. 
on August 1st, we signed two players, uh, Kevin Knox uh, uh, forward, and then we re-signed Roddy McGruder, um, mm -hmm. who's shooting guard. Uh, not much comment. Uh, I know Kevin Knox is he's a solid player. And then also the trade with Durin brought us Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel, uh, just to wrap this all up, Nerlens Noel was probably one of the best uh, bench defenders in the league. Like, he would be in that conversation. Um, former lottery pick, I think he was, like, the number two overall. And we like to we like to take number two overall picks. Um, <laughs> and, hey, get that young talent, because he's still a relatively young player. Put him in, see what we can do. I like that move. I like the Alex Burke move. Dropped a ton of points on the Pistons when we went to the Garden. Uh, and then the Roddy McGruder move. Guy who already knows the system. Veteran who can stabilize and, and you know, kind of teach – like the youth of this team. And then also I've been seeing the work that Duran and him have been putting in, in the off season and fans are excited. I'm excited because I, and I was talking with a couple of Pacers fans today in training um, for the, the job that I have with them. And they're like, Oh, the Pistons stink. Jalen Duran's not any good. And he's trying to compare the two. He's trying to compare Nerlens Noel and Jalen Duran to each other. And I was like, have you seen a picture of what Nerlens Noel looks like compared to Jalen Duran? One is a twig, the other is a man. So I don't care what you have to say. So anything that he said was irrelevant. But short Pistons news, quiet offseason. Those were like two moves that kind of were just like, hey, Pistons are still here, boom. Mm -hmm. Fine, let's see it work. Yep. Two minutes for Pistons left. Sorry, that's all we got though. It's offseason. Yeah. It's like deep offseason. Yeah. All right, on to the Lions. Oh wait, right? No, Lions not... first. We don't know. No, no, no. Rewind. Backing to up. Totally forgot. Pistons. Draymond uh. Green has been quoted oh. saying that he he's always imagined that at some point in his career he'd play for the Pistons. Personally, and this is not a Michigan Michigan State bias. I don't think Draymond Green's any good. I think he's just a big. <laughs> I, I think he's a blowhard. I like honestly, like, he's a great defender right now. Guy's not an offensive player. At okay. least, I think. Do I think he was a good player? Yes. It's like a it's like a Russell Westbrook type of thing. Like as far as the decline goes, like Russell Westbrook was like a top ten player, if not top five player in the league for a very long time, um, and then he fell off a cliff once he got traded to the Lakers. Like Draymond is like he's on a he's on a very good winning team. And we've, as Detroit fans, we've been burned by players who have been on very good winning teams, or at least players that have been surrounded by talent. Uh, mm -hmm. Franz Nielsen, by the way. Um, and that's a pretty horrible comparison. I'm not that is an awful comparison. Because Draymond Green probably is going to be a Hall of Famer right now. But at this stage in his career, eh, I don't really know. I wouldn't get as excited. I don't think you would get, get what you would get out of him from the Warriors, and I don't think it translates to the Pistons. But cool thought. He's a Michigan State grad. Um He'd sell jerseys. He'd pro he would he would be a fan favorite. He'd have like that Rodman type like role, I guess, like defensive, like agitator, all that stuff. So prove me wrong. He's he's a way better basketball player than I am. Maybe I'm just bitter. Maybe I am biased, but I don't know. So end of Pistons. Okay. Are we going on to we want to do Lions next, right? Yeah. Oh gosh, man. 
there's so much. We got to watch the the next episode today. So Hard Knocks officially started. Um, <gasps> I'm I am booking through all of this. Um, <laughs> we can go a little bit over an hour. It's not going to kill us. I know. Well, my battery's low. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know. Um, Hard Knocks debuted, um, and a couple of my thoughts, and then I'll, I'll I'll give it to you from some of the stuff that you saw. Um, I don't think anybody can watch that with the pulse and, and not want a guy like Dan Campbell to succeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, number one, the guy Absolutely. is, ho- the guy's hilarious. You don't know what he's talking about half the time. Um, <laughs> but two, you can see that he genuinely cares about the players and he's like, absolutely trying to like change the culture that's mm-hmm. been in place. Mm-hmm. And one one reason to support why i think he would be doing or sending the team in the right direction is the the staff that he has like like it's like the Jawan howard thing like everyone was questioning Jawan howard at michigan whether he was going to be a good basketball coach so he surrounded himself with a great staff phil Mm -hmm. martelli of the atlantic 10 legend he's got Sadi washington who's one of the best assistants in the country all of these people Go look at the coaching staff for the Detroit Lions and look at the NFL experience that they have. Mark Brunel is the quarterback's coach. He won a Super Bowl as a backup, but he knows a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Deuce Staley is an offensive specialist. Aaron Glenn has been in the league for a long time and has been close friends with Campbell. Um, Brad Holmes uh, spent years waiting in the wings to be a general manager. The people that are on the staff have been uh, have 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 that experience where Dan Campbell maybe lacks that, which honestly, I don't necessarily, I think he's a better coach than the media played him out to be because he was an interim head coach for 12 games, Miami Dolphins a few years ago. And then he was Mm -hmm. an assistant under Sean Payton. So the guy lives and breathes football. I would think he knows a thing or two about it. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, we're like, we might question that because he's so eccentric. He says some crazy stuff. He's an absolute wild man. And you know, he's a foot, he is a football guy and he's, he doesn't have the coach speak. He's a foot. He, he talks like a football player. Mm-hmm. And that's something the Lions haven't had or, and it's a stark difference from what they had before. We don't have to get into that, but, um, and then number two, I think the players have bought in at least from this first episode to see that happen. Um, you get that sense that like, the players who were there, like a Tracy Walker signing, like they want to change the culture. And then especially Jamal Williams. I mean, that's, I'll, I'll leave that to you. Like you, you talk oh, about boy. his speech. Um, yeah, just cause I don't, I don't have HBO max, um, because I'm poor. Um, but the clip that I did see was just Jamal Williams. After, it looks like it was after practice, like, you know, giving like the, all right, let's go guys. Let's do this uh, speech on a different level than I think I've ever seen a player give one, you know, we've all, there are so many famous coach, uh, coach speeches and, uh, encouragements. But I think that this was one of the first like player ones where it wasn't even, it's not even like an important game. It was just a moment in time, um, where he was just like, like screaming at everybody. Cause it's, you know, high emotion, high energy last year. Wasn't us. That wasn't it. We're not doing that again. We can't do that again. We got to be better. And as he's doing it, he's like, and I'm going to tear up and I'm going to cry about it because I feel this passionately about it. And that's an emotion we haven't seen from a Lions player in a very long time. 
Yeah. Um, which I mean, you know, I love Jamal Williams just generally. I think he's my favorite lion. Um, but to see that get a guy so pumped, get get the team so pumped up, get him so emotional and like into it, um. And then he was actually quoted afterwards. I think he either tweeted it or he was asked in an interview about it. And he said something along the lines of, I'll knock you down while I'm crying. Like, he's like, I, I do not care. I will run you over. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just, I thought that that was awesome. That was a great highlight to see and something really encouraging for those of us who can't watch Hard Knocks and just be like, oh, that's what's happening there. That's what's mm-hmm. going on. And, and that's awesome. Yeah. And then you'll see some of the other stuff, the rookies having fun. Everyone saw the Billy Jean, Aiden Hutchinson thing. And then of course the the draft pick from Oklahoma, I think his name is Michael Rodriguez. Okay. Dude is a walking muscle. He's a he's a freak show in the in the mm-hmm. best sense of the word. Um he did like some like salsa dance or something like that. Um lastly, they're having fun. And they didn't have fun under the Patricia regime. We've said that, but now we've seen the evidence in Hard Knocks. Um, and now we just have to see for the results. The first preseason game happened, and you don't really, like, wins and losses don't count. You just look at, like, production of individual players. Again, Penny Sewell? Penny Sewell has been great. Him and Hutchinson Crushing have been going it. back and forth, which is what you would want. It seems like it's been fairly even um, mm-hmm. in the trenches, which is good because Penny Sewell proved himself last year, and Hutchinson is your – uh, you know, your your top draft pick and mm-hmm. somebody that they think could be really special. And if they're He's like supposed to be the guy, capital T H guy. Yeah. And if they're yeah. competing, cool. Like that's what yeah. you want to see. Preseason game happened. Wise words of Ken Cercina again. He still is convinced that they are what they are. And until proven otherwise, we have to go with that because we are going to live under that. Yes. They lost a game off of the David Blau fumble in the fourth quarter. And that's a typical <laughs> Lions way to lose a game. But everything else, the offense on their first drive mm-hmm. drove down the field, scored a touchdown. Defense mm-hmm. struggled first drive down the field. And Atlanta's defense isn't, or offense isn't that great. So that's concerning. But you work through these things. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. Players are bought in. Mm-hmm. America is now rooting for the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. They're having fun. Even Jared Goff seems to have, like, gotten it a little bit better. Yeah. No, he looks more comfortable. So that's encouraging. We He's might got... have, a, have a quarterback that's serviceable for the next year. Yes. He's got He's got weapons now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Lions. Done. Noel. Bring me to the Red Wings. What do we got? Um, Really, the only news for the Red Wings is kind of the World Juniors. Um, Well, I guess we'll we'll start with um, Jake Wallman did avoid arbitration. He he got his contract all figured out. And I can't remember what he... I think it was 1.6? 1.6 mil? Mm -hmm. Um, Or 1.07, I think. Was that what it was? Okay, yeah, yeah 1.07. Anyways, um, so we got that signed, got that figured out, avoided arbitration, yay. Um, the only person still without a contract is Philip Zadina. So we're just waiting on that. I think that's going to be a tricky sign, mostly because I don't know if Steve is going to give Zadina the money that he wants and thinks 
that maybe he deserves. I don't know. I feel like that's going to be rough because Zadina's been in a weird spot for the last couple, for the last season at least, and definitely the season before that. But just, I think he's going to get a prove it deal. Yeah, kind of like but he what... got a prove it, he got a prove it deal last year, and so I'm just wondering how long that's going to continue. Well, he's he had an injury plague mm-hmm. the first few seasons, and then that was the same thing. Not the same thing Bertuzzi had, but Bertuzzi had a prove-it deal. Yeah. And then he got paid because he yep. proved to be – he solidified himself. And Bertuzzi's a little bit older. Zadina's a little bit younger, and Bertuzzi kind of, quote-unquote, late blossomed. There yeah, are different players. One's very much more physical, but you look at development, and maybe it just is going to take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Other than that, there's no real, like, Red Wings news. Um, we can go to the World Juniors that are happening right now. Uh, they just finished the preliminary round and are moving on to the semis um, so far in – or in the quarter. Sorry, not the semis. The quarterfinals. Um, yeah. So, so far in that, we have Finland and Germany, Sweden and Latvia. Um, Latvia won a game for the first time in uh, forever. Um, and the interview with the captain afterward was just adorable. He's a teenager who was very excited about winning. It was very cute. Um, Canada and Switzerland, and then the U.S. and Czechoslovakia. So those are our matchups for the quarters. Uh, we will see how that goes. As for the Red Wings, um, it's basically just the Red Wings Cup, right? It usually is. There's a million yep. of them. Um, <clears throat> USA has Carter Mazur and Red Savage. Both of them um, have... Uh, points. Carter Mazur has six points, four goals, two assists, and Red Savage has two goals, one assist with three points. Um, our two goalies, Sebastian Kosa with Canada and Jan Bednar in Czechoslovakia, um, have uh, Kosa has one win with a 91.67 save percentage, and Jan has one win with one assist, hilariously, um, and an eight point or 85.14. And then we move into Sweden with Simon Edmondson, who has one goal, one assist, and two points. William Wallander with one assist, and Theodore Niederbach with one goal and two assists. Mm-hmm. Um, Donovan Sabrengo also crushing it as a defenseman. Defensive, defensive. Just yep. Defensive defenseman, just completely killing it. Um, just been sung praises of up and down the whole list of things. Um, and then... A lot of people had said that Edvinson is the most NHL-ready prospect on it at the World Juniors right now, like unequivocally. So that's also super encouraging um, for for the pipeline. We we now have seemingly a lot of backstop, and I feel like last year and the year before we were just kind of scrambling for like where are we gonna get people from, and now we, we seem it. to have folks to to kind of line up in those spots, which is really exciting. Eyes are playing um, in full effect, baby. It is working. Something is happening. So, that was really all I had for the Red Wings. Did you have anything else? Nothing other than uh, Serbango. That might be a name to watch in the late mm-hmm. year call-ups. Because um, I yep. think Evanson, Evanson might make the team out of camp. That might be a little ambitious. Um, yeah, because not everybody is Moen and Lucas. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. But, could be a possibility. Yes. I think all we're right. good. Are we all set? We we're flew all set. through that. So much information. All righty. 
thanks everybody for listening to the cnc replay we will catch you next week be sure to follow on our, all our socials share with a friend we really appreciate it have a wonderful week see ya deuces